0: Day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show.
1: You know when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders.
2: On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick.
3: Alright, we're back, hour number two on a Monday. JT, brought to you by Remy Martin, team up for excellence. I want to thank my great friend and partner, Tori, for an unbelievable night, Saturday night, at one of my favorite restaurants, Lavo. Also want to thank Chris Salinas, Grant Spiros at Lavo, and Jason Carpenter, Angelo Licata at Tao, as they took care of our group. We had uh, a couple times a year we have a dinner with our partner, Remy Martin, and it blows me away. Whenever I go into that restaurant at Lavo, the meatball, The giant meatball, uh, the alcohol pairings of how we pair every dish. And I don't know how many courses there were. I can't count after 10. But it was amazing with all the different cocktails, the Remy Martin sidecar, which I like. And we had a special group. Mike Pritchard joined me, uh, the great Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famer, and a couple other friends. And we had a great time. We had a great time. And it was good to get out and good to follow protocol and good to be in our own room. An experience that, I'm telling you, Remy Martin, so proud to be working with them and their whole entire team, which includes wherever a Remy Martin cocktail is, all these properties on the Strip. But I wanted to make sure we thanked everyone at Tao and especially Lavo. If you haven't been to Lavo, uh, get to the Palazzo and go to Lavo for dinner. You'll come out of the place, your head will be spinning, and it's fantastic. The service was second to none. This hour brought to you by Remy Martin. Uh, my son's Oklahoma, I just asked him. There's a great feeling as a dad. And I just texted my son, said, you're watching the game? He said, I'm studying, Dad. Well, that can mean two things. One is he's lying to me. I and mean, he's not a kid who lies a lot, but he's got, he's got a bunch of tests coming up. And he goes to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's not supposed to win this game. And now Gonzaga is hammering him. They're up 19, and this is why Gonzaga's so good. Oklahoma played them really hard in the first ten minutes, they had the lead. And Gonzaga just stepped up like an NBA team, and they're going up big now. So we're pulling for Lon Kruger. Speaking of Lon, his son Kevin, Kevin Kruger got the head coaching job at UNLV, and I'm happy to support Kevin Kruger. I am. You know, if you if they would have got Rick Petino, a bigger name, not that Petino was coming, but whoever it is, Jason Kidd was a name that was rumored bigger name than kevin Kruger, whatever we would have adjusted but when you like someone and you consider them acquaintances or friends and they get a great opportunity if you didn't see the video of kevin surprising his dad as lon's looking at his granddaughter and kevin's holding up his grand his his daughter and lon saw that it was a beautiful thing so i think the whole program and again there are some unlv fans who don't support this move they don't think kevin has the experience but what can you do Uh, They're giving this young man a chance, and he was born for this opportunity. He's a former rebel, and hopefully he turns it around. Someone's got to turn this around. Speaking of turning around, we played some of the Yannick Ngakwe press conference. I thought it was tremendous. I've heard almost every press conference, 22 years going on 23 with the team, and that was right up there In in regards to being impressive, focused, acknowledging what he has to do and how he has to lead the team. Gus Bradley now has a rotation on the defensive line. They signed Matt Dickerson today from the Titans on a one-year 1.125 million. What that means, if he doesn't play well, they'll cut him at camp. They'll get rid of him if he's not that good. But they're going to give him a shot. Solomon Thomas, Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, If you look at this D-line led by Max Crosby, Cleland Farrell, and Yannick Ngakwe, I mean, there's no excuses now. There's a bunch of players. They got a bunch of bodies and a bunch of guys. Aaron Donald is not walking through that door. So they got guys that they think can play, and we'll see if they can play at a very high level. But there's a lot of competition, a tremendous amount of competition. Now they have to make a decision on what's going to happen at the quarterback position. Where we know it's Derek Carr, it's Derek Carr and he deserves it. But the depth of that position now you'd like to have you'd like to have Marcus Mariota, but he's very expensive. So they asked him to take a pay cut. Some people think he'll be released. I don't think anybody else around the league took the bait and traded for him. I still think Marcus Mariota could end up with New England as their starting quarterback or at least in a competition. With Cam Newton, who doesn't look like he can play quarterback much anymore. And all the other updates. I have every player who came and went on every team, courtesy of NFL.com. They have a great website up there. If you go to NFL.com, you just go to their free agency tracker, and you can see every team that did good or let players go, and then we'll get your feeling on that. 702-365-9200. We're looking for your grade on the Raiders offseason. Now, when it comes to this, before I get the stoner dude in a couple of calls, the Raiders don't have many friends in the media. Let me repeat that. That's why I love to be friendly to the Raiders, because I work for the team and I'm on their flagship. So, again, if they don't have any, we just want them to do well. I'm not telling you that getting rid of Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson was a smart move. I've never said that. It was a financial move. Pro Football Focus has graded the Raiders below average with their free agency. They write, the Raiders appear to have prioritized dismantling their offensive line and not necessarily in the most calculated way. They traded Trent Brown back to the Patriots before releasing Richie Incognito, only to re-sign him later, and they were about to release Hudson and Jackson before they got something back in a trade. Between between re-signing Denzel Good, career-high 69 pass blocking grade, and Nick Martin, career-high 67 overall passing grade, in-house options, it's difficult to envision this offensive line not being worse in 2021, which will put extra pressure on an offense to repeat its impressive play. Signing Brown to replace Aguilar has the potential to be excellent business However, only Tyreek Hill scored more deep touchdowns than the six Aguilar scored in 2020. While Henry Ruggs III is supposed to provide that threat within the offense, he didn't as a rookie. Brown has been consistently excellent deep. So that is one of the uh, assessments I'm asking for grades, and that's one. Peter King, Peter King from NBC and Pro Football writes, the Raiders only made one solid signing white out John Brown for one year at 3.75 million and two curious ones with a franchise back Josh Jacobs in house already Vegas paid 14.5 million for two seasons of a good back Kenyon Drake also imported a very curious player Yannick Ngakwe who is now on his fourth team in seven months he talked his way out of Jacksonville got traded twice in two months to Minnesota and Baltimore and didn't produce in either place and got rewarded in a stress cap period with $13 million a year from the Raiders. With seven years left on the Gruden deal, I can't imagine owner Mark Davis thinking of pulling the plug yet, but another disappointing year, and Davis has got to start thinking about it. That is from Peter King. So the Raiders are getting hammered. Raiders are getting hammered by some members of the media, and it's fair. They, they can handle it. Gruden's, Gruden will step up to the mic, and he'll go out there and explain everyone. You're great on what the Raiders have done, 702-365-9200. Stoner Dude, good to talk to you. I hope you're well. What's happening?
0: I'm good, JT. First of all, it's great to see Vegas finally start to open up a little. Believe it or not, I'm getting some calls, JT. Going to play some drums here pretty soon. Live music is coming back. You know, they keep hammering us, but we're the anvil. We're going to take it. We're going to keep hitting back. You know, when it comes to the defense, JT, I call about that every year. Uh, you called Yannick Ngakwe. He was the top defensive end in the, in the free agency. We went and got him first move, so I thought that was great. Uh, you know, Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, I'm all about the defensive tackle position, JT. I think that's probably one of the most important positions in the offseason. And, uh, you know, we got competition at the, at the position, so I'll take it right now. You know we we're gonna still bring in some more. Uh, I called Richard Sherman last November. I still think we need uh, a veteran free agency at the defensive back position, j t. And, and real quick, jt. I've you know I've been coming to see you at remotes now for twenty years. I'm gonna come out and see you Friday. Gonna break in the virgin, you know. When Raider fans come to town, <laughs> yes. they won't be calling it that for long. But hey, man, there's more moves. Mike Mayock's on the clock, moving
3: and shaking. I can't wait to come see you, JT. It's gonna hey, be stoner, a stoner dude. Hey, hey, before you go, I wanted to tell you because sure. we're both in. We're both into music, and you perform all the time at Vamps. I got a chance. I had a bunch of buddies in town this weekend who were playing golf right here in Vegas with Alice Cooper, and oh, Alice Cooper's new album, awesome. his new album, Detroit Stories which a lot of it's about Detroit. A lot of people don't know Alice is from there. So these are two of my really good friends out here, and one played with Alice for two days over at the Summit, the new golf course out here, which is incredible. And we came back to my house, not Alice, but these guys, and we played Detroit Stories from God. first track to the last track. And let me tell you this. You know how big I'm into music. I, I, I For a 72-year-old guy when he recorded it, who's now 73, every song one was better than the next i cannot he could play this record from start to finish for the first half of a tour and then play his classics on the back end for two parts and have an intermission i was blown away by alice's new record you got to listen to it it's great jt i've been an alice cooper fan since the beginning the
0: 70s i saw him on the muppet show when i was a kid and uh, i will always be the biggest alice cooper fan Welcome to My Nightmare, Billion Dollar Babies. And, to, you know, it's a, this is a testament, JT. Let's talk music for a quick second. For I know you let me go. You know, there's a lot of great music coming out these days, but these legends that have been around for all these years are still doing it at this level. And I, and I just can't be more happier to see Alice Cooper out there still rocking hard.
3: Take care, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, the biggest You got it, buddy. The biggest void in my life is music now. Live shows, which I'd be doing here. I mean, I know Virgin. I'll be at Virgin as it opens Thursday and Friday. And if it wasn't COVID, they would have one of the best acts in the world playing at the old joint. And all these concert halls would be packed. You know, as much as I want the Golden Knights to be sold out, I want T-Mobile to be sold out for music. And I want uh, Allegiant Stadium, not only Garth Brooks, but I want to see all these great bands, including my favorite in the Rolling Stones, come back and do it. We need that. Again, I've been right on with COVID because I'm not making any predictions. You don't listen to my show like some of these idiots who say COVID's no big deal or it'll be over, oh, only 1,000 people are going to die. It's been the most embarrassing part of sports radio is listening to these dummies make predictions on COVID. And all I'm just saying is I'm getting tested, ready to get my vaccine soon here. I just want us to all get back together again. And I want us to go to music and sports together in the entertainment capital of the world. But we're not going to do it if there's major, major comeback of COVID and these new strains. And it pops up because you're not going to believe it or not. I'm not here to convince you if you don't believe COVID's real, if it's this or that, it is. All these people who died and all these millions of families that have been affected. Well what's going to happen is Governor Sisolak is not going to allow us to go to T-Mobile or Allegiant Stadium if there's a second wave. And that would suck. After all the work and all the sacrifices everybody made and all the lives lost, if we're not able to do this and get going again because there's a second wave, because a bunch of idiot kids in Miami can't go home at 8 o'clock at night and they happen to shoot pellets at them to go back to their rooms? It's insanity. Nick in Long Island, my hometown. Hello, Nick. What do you got? JT, my man. How are you? Doing well. Thank you.
4: You know, this whole thing with the media, and I'm going to go on a rant here. I'm pretty fired up about it. You brought up that Peter King blurb. I read that this morning, and I almost fell out of my chair. And listen, the Raiders, they don't get the benefit of the doubt all the time. I understand that. They haven't won a lot, and I understand that. Since Derek Carr has gotten here, 2014, they come out on average to a seven and nine team. That's not terrible. It's 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 not four and twelve. Seven and nine is not bad. It's not good. It's not bad. But when this guy rides Yannick and and puts him, he was non productive last year. He had eight sacks, four forced fumbles. You these people are the same ones who they can't help. They can't go five minutes without bringing up Khalil Mack. He had nine sacks and three forced fumbles. Khalil Mack, on average, over his entire career, has 10 sacks a year and three forced fumbles. Yannick Ndakwe has nine sacks and four forced fumbles, on average, a year since coming into the league. I mean, can you do anything right? I mean, you, you're, you get the guy who pretty much puts out the same production as Khalil Mack, who also, according to um, next-gen stats, he's second in the league since coming into the league in quarterback pressures, right behind, not right behind. It's Aaron Donald by a mile ahead of everyone else, and then Ndakwe. So I don't know. They sit there, oh, you're trading away Khalil Mack. You're trading away Khalil Mack. What do you do? You go and get a guy who has the second most pressures in football since 2016, and they still crush him. And, and, and the other thing is, because I follow them all because it's Bay Area ties, i got to watch these people. They bow at the church of Kyle Shanahan, who's 29 and 35. He's 29 and 35. He has a losing record. Just like Gruden does since he's come back in 2017. And I get it. They went to a Super Bowl while their quarterback blew for 70 yards a game in the playoffs. Great. Bow at the church of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They just gave Trent Williams a record-breaking deal, 32 years old. Could you imagine if Gruden paid a 32-year-old tackle what they paid Trent Williams? Oh, my God. The Tim Quama of the world. Oh, Gruden. Oh, this. I can't take these people anymore.
3: That's a great phone call we got to have a contest. Who's going to be the JT co-host? Give me a break, man. All this radio on my own, man, just grinding it. They pay me handsomely. I love it. But wouldn't it be nice to have Nick or Chris in West Oakland for an hour or Stoner Dude? Maybe we can do that. Maybe we can do that, and we can hear that. That's all. That just made my day. You know, Stoner Dude into Nick and Long Island, bringing their A game, And we just want people on this show who bring their A-game. You just bring your A-game when you call in. You don't have to be the greatest. Just bring your A-game like those two gentlemen. JT for Iole, the new international award-winning ultra-premium tequila with the smooth taste and the fun name. Iole is the official tequila of the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio. And it's the official tequila of the Henderson Silver Knights. Iole is from Tequila, Mexico. Recognized, obviously, as the birthplace of tequila. Iole is smooth and easy to drink. Straight and on the rocks. And it's in your favorite cocktail with the name H-I-J-O-L-E. Iole. Proud partner of the JT The Brick Show. Yes, we have a tequila partner finally bobby we have a tequila partner bobby are you ready for some shots bobby of tequila or are you still a rum guy i forgot you're I was, always a rum guy
0: i was just about to say when you get the rum sponsor call me i'm there
3: oh we do we got remy martin for rum they got they got remy martin's got rum bobby i got i got all the rum you need cool get all on right.
0: get it over to the studio I'm yeah, here. i'll
3: bring it right over when they allow us to be together again
0: Yeah, i was gonna say the seventh and never
3: As they, well, we got to get vaccinized. We got to get our, we got to get our shots going. You know, the JT, the brick rule, let everybody go, let everybody go in their 80s and 70s and 60s, let everybody go and then tap me when it's my turn and then let everybody go. But from what I'm hearing now, you know, everybody is getting online, they're getting these COVID shots and they're flying through and they're getting them done at a really fast pace, which I'm excited about. So yeah, we're ready. We are ready, and we are ready to roll. Hopefully some good news coming up. Okay, here's the deal. We're going to talk to Mark Anderson on the uh, Kevin Kruger hire. He's fantastic. And then Kurt Heelan from Basketball Talk on LeBron's injury. And then we'll say goodbye to Oklahoma over Zagalicious Gonzaga. Now that my wife's Salina is out and my son's Oklahoma is on the way out, I'm all in for Mark Few and Gonzaga. It would be great if they won it all.
2: Off the iron, no good. Rebound tipped by Gaston to Kevin Krueger. Rebels can tie with a three here. Kevin top of the key. Kevin to Wendell White out top right side. Back to Kevin. And Kevin's going to set the offense. Gaston Nusenge sets a pick. Kevin's going to fire a three. That three is good. The Rebels have tied it. A 10-0 run. It's 35 all with 45 seconds to go in the first half.
3: Wow, some Kevin Kruger sound, and Oklahoma just threw away an alley oop as they cut it to 10 against Gonzaga. 73 63. If Oklahoma can grab a rebound, they'd have a chance to cut this to six or four points, but Gonzaga with a 10 point lead. We're under five minutes here. And another miss, Oklahoma with the rebound. We'll keep an eye on that. JT brought to you by Sam and Ash, SalmonashLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Call them for anything, 702-820-1234, website, SalmonashLaw.com. Mark Anderson joins us every two weeks. We're lucky to have him from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Mark, we both like Kevin, I'm assuming, maybe a bigger name, maybe a more famous name, but... I'm going to get behind this move. What are you hearing from the program?
1: Uh, a lot of surprise. <laughs> no. I think people are surprised. I think uh, there was a feeling uh, that Desiree Re francois would uh, try to go for, a, I guess, a more established name. Obviously, Kevin Kruger is well-known locally, um, but a more established name on the, on the national scene uh, to try, especially this year with the transfer portal being the way it is, and uh, it's basically free agency and there are going to be a lot of big names out there to try to get a coach who might be able to order those big names. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know what her uh, what happened behind the scenes, um, but uh, it sounds like the Kevin Kruger sold so- himself in the interview from what, I, yeah. from what I'm reading uh, between the lines. So um, he could wind up being a great hire. It's just, you know, I, I tend to give new coaches benefit of the doubt, and I'll give him one
3: too. Yeah, what's very interesting to me is we were told that TJ was a great recruiter and he was bringing in players and they were going to have transfers and all that. Could the hire have been made because of the quality of players that they have that they believe will come back and they didn't want to lose those players and then go out and give Kevin a couple of years to make his own name? off the name of Lon, which he's going to make his name on his own, and try to recruit that way, because I was led to believe that T.J. was bringing good players into the program. How many are staying? Well, yeah, I, I think they're
1: going to do an overhaul even if T.J. Otzberger had stayed, because uh, he clearly didn't have the players to, to win the conference next season, or really compete for the conference uh, with uh, with Deion Collins, uh, you know, having, they having to drop Zayn Collins in the recruiting class, so I think they're going to have to be aggressive in the portal even if TJ had come back. And I think Kevin Kruger's going to, have to be aggressive in the portal, I think he's probably going to move on with some players. Um, you know, I, I, I agree that Austin Berger came in with reputation as a reputation as a recruiter, and he brought some good players in. But I, when you look back also at the players he lost and the players he brought in, he lost some really good players to some top programs, power, power five programs. And I don't know if there's really necessarily a net gain out of it. So, you know, you know, we might actually be up up be better off in the, in the long run.
3: Mark Anderson's our guest. So I'm confused about how we're Vegas. We have Allegiant Stadium, T-Mobile, the Golden Knights, Bill Foley, Mark Davis, Resorts World, all these massive. They're building the sphere, which is going to be the greatest concert hall in the world. And all of these projects cost billions with a B, not millions. But for whatever reason, UNLV can't get donors and people to line up and give more to this program. What's going on? What, what's the problem with raising money for basketball at UNLV?
1: I think there's a lot of skepticism right now about the direction of the program. And even people who have a lot of money want to make sure their money is being put to good use. They just don't want to throw it away. So I think, I think there might even be a wait and see attitude right now. Um, you know, they want to see some tangible progress and they just haven't seen it for years in football or basketball. Um, and so I, I think, I think there's a lot of frustration and now there are other entertainment options, sporting entertainment options in the city that weren't there before. And so maybe, and I, I, I think a lot of people just reallocated resources it's like, okay, if we're not going to donate to NLV, we'll go buy a couple season tickets for the Golden Knights or, or the Raiders. And, uh, that's probably
3: what's what's happened. Yeah, Mark Anderson joins us. So there, as, as what you're saying, there's not enough funny money. There's not enough disposable money lying around here because entertainment is so big and people are, they have other options. But that's not going to change anytime no, soon. The Golden not. Knights are just getting better. I'm assuming the Raiders are only going to get better, hopefully. So if you look at all this, I just don't get it. I think you have to go to these casinos. You have to go to these big businesses around the state and find a way to do it. When when you're seeing schools like Utah State and Wyoming and other schools getting better players than the acclaimed running Rebels, it's very disturbing to me. I don't claim to be an insider. That's why I put you on and a few other people that know the program much better than me. But it seems like what you're saying is Kevin's going to have to get off to a good start and get the city behind him the way Lon did and I'm hoping he can do that.
1: Yeah, and if you remember when Lon took over, I, it wasn't quite in this shape, but it wasn't mm-hmm. good. They were drawing probably five thousand a game when he took over. Um and so they weren't exactly packing packing the place. And then as he built that program up, the big crowd started to come back. And I think I think his son's gonna to have to go through a similar process. And I don't know that he's gonna turn it around quickly to where you'll have suddenly eighteen thousand people there next season I, um, I think he'll have an opportunity to turn around a little, a little bit more quickly because the, the, with the portal, the, the game's changed. Uh, and there'll be more pressure on him to turn it around in a year or two, another, at least within a couple of years, as to where they're competing for the Mountain West Championship. And I think that's a reasonable expectation uh, to compete for Mountain West titles in an NCAA tournament bursts. Doesn't mean mean you need to win the tournament every year or, or get to the NCAA tournament every year. But you need to be in the conversation, and, and that's really the problem for UNLV. Like they haven't even been in the conversation, uh, and as and as you pointed out, these other schools have gotten past them. And, and mm-hmm. it's one thing to fall behind San Diego State, uh, and and uh, and I don't well, really San Diego State the only one that comes to mind. Maybe New Mexico when they're at their top, but we're falling behind these other schools. That's a real yeah. problem. And that's and it, but Kevin Krueger has something to sell and so let's see how he sells it and that to me is is, is can he really be a re- really recruit a top recruiter or can he hire a top recruiter maybe maybe that's part of what he's going to do is, is hire a top recruiter
3: mark anderson as we wrap it up yeah to not be distinguished over logan utah or cheyenne or s- these small outposts as i talked about these tiny towns that have Mount. i mean, no, no, Fresno, Again, I get Fresno State. Derek Carr played there. Fresno State is not Las Vegas. So Fresno State shouldn't have better football players and basketball players than Las Vegas with all the tourism we have here and all the business and hospitality and all that. But I've been beating that drum for a long time, and I haven't been on the right side of that. One more thing on the program. What should be the requirement of the students to support this program? I'm not talking about the Cameron Crazies at Duke or what they have at Gonzaga. But shouldn't there be more pressure on the student body to get down to the Thomas and Max once COVID's done and support this team? And they have got to be the volume of fans that come back instead of the parents or the grandparents of those kids who have the money? What about the students?
1: No, I, I completely agree with you. And that's been one of the mysteries to me is why there hasn't been more student support over the years. And uh, I know when UNLV was was you know, was, was playing really well. The students came out, Um, but they, you know, they're not coming, they haven't even coming out. And I do think that's it. That is really where you start. And if you can get them back in the building, you you create a great, you can create a great atmosphere and maybe, maybe you can convince other people to start coming back, but yeah, it's got to start with them. Um, I I don't, you know, I, 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 I went to a college where, if you weren't at the at least at the football game on that Saturday, you were missing out. And there was a and and you don't have that feeling at UNLV. It's not, you, people, students don't feel like they're missing out if they're not at either a football game or a, ba- or a big basketball game. And that and that's the problem. And they need to create that atmosphere where if you're not there, then you then you feel like you're then you you, you missed mm. out on something that, that really was big to you. It should have been big to you.
3: Right. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate a lot of news. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, JT. You got it, Mark Anderson from the Review Journal. T.J. Otzelberger was a joke, a joke with the media and what in the community compared to other people that were here. I would know because I'm in the community and I know these guys in the community. He was a joke. T.J. Otzelberger, not saying he's a bad guy. I'd say this to him if he came on the radio because we put him on the radio when he got the job when I met him. He was another guy who did nothing, nothing with the media, did nothing. He was difficult to deal with. He wasn't transparent. He wasn't excited to get the community together. I, I give Marvin Menzies, who I became friends with, more credit. And those who criticize Marvin wasn't involved as much as Dave Rice and Lon and Tark back in the day. I don't know why it's so difficult to get a job and then get everybody in the city excited about it. Look at what John Gruden's doing. And Coach Gruden had COVID, but he's a celebrity. It's easy for John Gruden to get people excited because he's a real excitable guy. And Coach Arroyo with UNLV, I think he's going to try to do that with the football team. But it shouldn't be hard to put on a tuxedo and a suit and go to Opportunity Village and go to Three Square and go to all these places and kiss babies and shake hands and represent UNLV. So I hit my UNLV quota for the year. And hopefully Kevin extends it more. Kurt Heulen on LeBron James's injury—you don't want to miss that next.
0: LeBron to end the half.
3: Got it! What a way! Well, life, no LeBron James. Quickly, Gonzaga up 14 by Oklahoma. It's getting a little bit chippy. Suggs was fouled hard going to the rim, went into the, uh, went into the padding underneath the backboard, so it got a little pushing and shoving for Gonzaga and Oklahoma, but Lon Kruger's team's going to come up a little bit short. A couple of more made threes and rebounds, and they could have made this game even closer. Nice effort for Oklahoma, but again, Gonzaga will advance. Joining us, my friend Kurt Heelan, the great insider at NBC at Basketball Talk is where you can follow him. Kurt, thanks for a few minutes, and it's life without LeBron and Anthony Davis for the Lakers. How do you see it? No, look,
2: they're just – they've built this team around two stars, and particularly LeBron. I mean, Anthony Davis is part of that, but they're, they haven't really had great numbers when it's just been Anthony Davis on the floor this year because they don't have another shot creator, really. I mean – Dennis Schroeder can do some, but you know this <laughs> LeBron is the sun in the solar system, everything revolves around it right like you just there's nothing else is going to work well if you don't have LeBron drawing defenses, making plays, and doing that and it and that's how it's going to look for you know eight games, five games, eight games, ten games, twelve games, however long he's out.
3: Yeah, I think that's really important because no one's ever tweeted out indefinitely or high ankle sprain more. That was both those words were uh, trending on Twitter over the weekend. So how do you bring him back? What do you do? You got to bring him back on the long side of it instead of bringing him back sooner than later and furthering the injury. So what are you thinking? Five, six, seven games? It's, It's really difficult to figure it out unless you're a doctor or a trainer. Right, and it really—we don't have all the
2: details. We don't know exactly. We know it's an eversion, not an—you know—inversion. It rolled the opposite way of most ankles. But it, it really just depends on the the level of strain and where it exactly is on the ankle. And we—I will, will say this: LeBron James plays through ankle sprains at a shockingly high rate. Like yeah. he's had a lot through his career. He is a he is truly puts up with a lot of pain and endurance. He's just in such great shape that he, he fights through this stuff. Um, the he can probably come back sooner rather than later. Except, are the Lakers really going to do that? I mean, you know, they're going to slip a little in the standings, but I don't think it matters that much to them. Um, you know, they're they going to want to host games, you know, in the first round and as high as they can get. But I don't be surprised if they. You know, If LeBron takes a couple extra games off here, it's not the end of the world for them. Um, I'm curious, though. He wants to play. And by the way, he wants the MVP. And he knows if he misses 13, 15 games, it becomes way harder to do. So I I would be shocked if it's that long. But at the end of the day, what he really wants more than the MVP is a ring, and he knows he's got to be right.
3: Yeah, I don't think you could win the MVP award. We're talking to Curt and if he misses in a 72-game season, if you miss 10 or more games. I say that also in an 82-game season. Once you get to 10, it's just too many percentage points in the games and too many points missed and opportunities. So we'll see when he comes back. But the one pushback I want to give here is San Antonio is the seventh seed. you got three teams with 17 losses. The Lakers now have 15. So from the three seed to San Antonio at the seventh seed, they're separated by two games and I'm expecting the Lakers to lose a bunch of games. Do you see the yep. Lakers going from the 3 seed to the 7 or 8 seed in 2 weeks if it's the perfect storm? And that could possibly happen or they probably don't drop lower than 4 or 5. What what could happen here?
2: I was going to say 6 would have been where I figured where it was. Yeah.
3: I and it kind of depends
2: on if anybody gets hot below them, but they're not going to win a lot of games over the next couple of weeks. They're just, they just aren't look, it's now a collection of role players and they don't have a lot of shot creation. They can get hot for a night. They can have some surprises, especially if they can catch. I, and I, they've got some good teams coming up on the schedule, you know, and uh, New Orleans, I think is coming up. They've been playing a little better of late, uh, had a nice win today, but, You catch somebody at the right time, you just get one of those nights. They just need to find enough wins to stay kind of from, like you said, you don't want to fall so far down to seven or eight that you're digging yourself out of a hole towards the end of the season.
3: Kurt Hillen is our guest. So walk me through some of the moves that could happen here now with players who are not active like Blake Griffin. We've talked about Andre Drummond with you, LaMarcus Aldridge. Where are we on the calendar and how teams at this point, when you think of, trades signing players trying to move players inactive players what what should we be looking at here over the next couple of weeks as teams can improve maybe not in the typical way
2: yeah i mean the trade deadline is thursday and that's obviously the first the first time you're going to see moves but i I would be surprised look i think we've seen the big move the the james harden trade was the trade this Mm. year um i don't know is george hill going to get moved yes could but I mean, the, Kyle Lowry's not going anywhere. The biggest name might be maybe Victor Oladipo, but he's kind of a shell of himself, or somebody like Aaron Gordon. Um, right. But even those are a little more unlikely. It's more likely going to be like said, your George Hill's Lonzo Ball could get moved, um, some guys like that. But I don't know that you're going to see a huge shift of power. If, if that you know, you're not going to see something where you're like that trade is going to make you go, okay, that team just got so much better. Uh, there'll be some, bi- and then you'll see the buyouts. Drummond, um, JJ Redick is probably in that group. Uh, mm-hmm. Lamarcus Aldridge, um, Lamarcus Lamarcus Aldridge ends up in Miami. That makes them a little bit better, but you know he's getting bought out. Look, he's been, he's been played off the floor by Jakob Pertl. In in and he's not starting because that's where his career is right now. So yeah, he makes Miami a little better, but and gives them some depth. But it's not like, again, it's just not unless Eric Spoelstra has a. DeLorean with a flux capacitor in the back. It's not, he's not changing. Why is that a problem with
3: Aldridge? Why is Aldridge, you know, I can see how pop can go through a mood and bench him or that pop just is done. And him and him and pop come to the end of the road here, but it's not like Aldridge forgot how to play basketball. Can he, can he be really serviceable? to a Miami team that, that's a five seed and has a chance to be a four seed over Atlanta coming up here. I, I'd still think he over the last fifteen years, he's been one of the best players in the league. I I don't understand the drop off.
2: He's just gotten older. He just isn't yeah. defensively he's not moving as well. He's it's just the lateral movement isn't there anymore. He still can hit threes. He's like a nice stretch five, um mm-hmm. backup stretch five type of player, but he's not He's not setting picks, and and he's just not moving. He's not overpowering guys. He's just not got the same touch. He he can't run your offense through him the same way. But I I think in the right setting, which is not necessarily how San Antonio is playing right now, um, or the style they're playing, in the right setting in Miami, I think he can. I absolutely, or or some other teams like he could help the Lakers. Frankly, there's teams he could help, but by especially by the time you get to the playoffs with him, or you know Blake Griffin, who we saw today. What you're hoping is that you get a matchup where he helps you win a game in the playoffs, Like where you're like, oh, th- this is going to throw them off because they're they're going to have to deal with this. That's, that's what he's bringing to the table at this point. He's not really changing the dynamic of a series anymore. Unfortunately, I mean, I, look, Marcus has had this amazing career. I don't want to take yeah. anything away from where he's been. He's just not quite that guy anymore.
3: Kurt Healan joins us. Follow him at Basketball Talk. let's get back to the MVP race for a second. Is Damian Lillard your front runner, averaging 30.6, the big shot maker? Because Bradley Bill's scoring more than him. Giannis is coming on strong. He's top five in rebounds, top four in scoring. And I don't think Harden should be available because of the way he forced himself out of Houston. I don't think he can be an MVP. So how do you handicap the MVP uh, coming into and outside the trade deadline?
2: Yeah, Embiid is at ten. We were talking about it earlier. Embiid's at ten missed games now. He had missed, I think, six. You know, at the All Star break, six or seven. So, like, and he's going to be out for a little while. So, it's going to be hard to see him hold on to what I thought was. I thought it was kind of him and LeBron. We'll see how long LeBron is out and how many he can get how many he misses. Uh, the other name you didn't mention. I think Lillard has a chance. You're right. Giannis has been playing fantastic of late. Um, the other one though is Nikola Jokic. Just Jokic, if if Denver, I think they're the five seed as we speak. Mm-hmm. If they get up to three, four, then he can move into the conversation. I think that that's Lillard's challenge too. They're, they're, they, you know, they're going to have to stay get or stay into the top three or four, and that's really, by the way, going to be a challenge for Portland because what holds what holds Jokic back and what's really holding Portland back is Portland's like second to worst defense in the league. They're and both of those guys where LeBron and Embiid could make a better case is that they are really two-way players. That's just not, that's just not the case. Jokic is Jokic and Lillard have become better defenders, but they are not, you know, they're not elite players on that end of the floor.
3: Yeah. Kurt, one more. Why is it so quiet on the COVID front? What's going on? That's so right in the softer bubble. You know, I follow you on Twitter and I, I really respect your opinion. With all your sources here, what did, what did Adam Silver guess right kind of loosening the bubble in all these different cities and why are the players kind of doing such a good job in the team and the league with protocol?
2: They've been I think everybody's just been buying in because of the money pretty well. I mean, they bought in right. all, there wasn't there wasn't the craziness I thought there would be the spike out of All-Star and there you know, uh, Toronto done. had some hits. I thought it really didn't happen. I think part of it, though, also is, and the reason that this league is doing better, and I think you're going to see it in sports across the board, is simply people. It was, there's a couple teams now. Um, Mil- a couple Atlanta players and uh, Pelicans players have been vaccinated. Be, there's been other. It's not public, but some other players have been able to be vaccinated. Um, and as that starts to go through, and it just other people get vaccinated, as the 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 rate of people infected goes down, that's going to just impact the league. It's just, it, it, hope, hopefully for all of us, JT, like mm. it, we're, we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and getting past this, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make it see there's still people getting it, and I, I don't want to diminish that, but um, hopefully for the league, too, that things are getting better, they can let fans back in the building. It's not quite going to be normal, you know, whatever normal is now <laughs> yet, but I think that that's, I think it's, I think it's partially societal now. That they're just they're kind of with the curve on society where this has come down a bit, and as guys get vaccinated, you know, it'll 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 even be better.
3: Absolutely, a lot of news happening, especially the LeBron injury. Oh, Lamelo's injury. That's the last yeah. one I wanted to get to quickly. Yeah. How, what a pleasure watching him <sighs> play. What a yeah. tough way for his regular season to come out and uh, just just tie it up with that and what you saw from him and how impressed he's been.
2: He has just – he's been the best rookie, but more than that, you know what, more than just the the, the numbers, right? He was—he had the it factor, didn't he? Like you had to – you wanted to watch him play. He just yeah. brought something. And as a rookie – and thats a, they were the seventh seed. We didn't think Charlotte was going to be any good. He definitely impacted winning. He, and that's just – rookies don't generally do – even good rookies don't impact winning in the NBA. He did – and that same question of did he play enough games is something a lot of us voters are going to have to spend some time thinking about.
3: Good to talk to you, my friend. Appreciate the time, as always. Talk to you in a few weeks. Take care, man. Appreciate it, Kurt. Thank you. And LeBron's injury is the biggest story in sports. There's nothing bigger, including March Madness, NFL free agency. It's LeBron's injury as he's the biggest athlete in our country. Fact. So they better get him back. Or the Lakers, I think, are going to drop to the 6th seed, maybe the 7th seed. But if they get them both back healthy, they should win the championship. But this is not as easy as a lot of people thought. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. James Lofton, Kurt Heelan, really fun to talk to him. Mark Anderson from the Review-Journal and outstanding phone calls today. Everybody who looked in on the Raiders and free agency. We have several other Raider guests lined up this week which we'll tell you about, and uh, check out the deal. I have meetupvegas.com, code word JTBrick for restaurant quality meat delivered right to your home. Meetup Vegas, code word JTBrick. Have a good night, everybody. All right, take care.